We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane for LakersNation.com. We've got a lot to get into today. I know there's a lot of doom and gloom circling around the Los Angeles Lakers, and for good reason. The team is 2-9. and nine. It is game day today, though. They've got another shot against the Sacramento Kings, though it sounds like they will be without LeBron James. And I guess let's start there. I actually have a lot of news to get to. We'll also talk a little bit about um, some things going on with the Lakers uniforms, the city edition. I want to talk about that. We'll also get into... Uh, some fan questions and comments, but let's start with tonight's game. So no LeBron James for this one. He's dealing with that groin injury, and I actually think we're probably going to see no LeBron James for Sunday's game against the Nets as well. Terrible timing because you look at a game against the Sacramento Kings and against the Brooklyn Nets, two teams that, look, they're, they're probably, they're not bad teams. They're not, these aren't like super easy wins or anything like that, but I think that LeBron being out takes them from being potential wins to, uh, I mean, you just hope you have a decent showing and move on from there. So unfortunate timing, you would rather have LeBron be out against some of the top tier teams. And then you have a full strength squad to win potentially the winnable games. But the Sacramento team is also pretty good. They just beat the Cavs the other night. So it'll be a tall task for the Lakers without LeBron James against the Cavs. But we did get a piece from uh, Chris Haynes yesterday that went over a lot of different things about the Lakers. It was very clear that it's coming from the clutch sports side of things, the LeBron side of things, making it clear that, look, LeBron is not happy with the way things are right now, nor should he be. Again, two two and nine on the season. The Lakers are not happy. So let's get into some of the particulars of what LeBron is thinking right now, what this might mean for the team, and why I think if the Lakers don't do something here, this could start to get kind of ugly between LeBron and LA. I've been saying for a while that at some point, LeBron, what's best for him and what's best for the Lakers, which have been one and the same for years now, at some point that will no longer be the case. And I do wonder if we are about to hit that point and what that could mean for the team's future. Uh, before I dive into anything, just a quick reminder, do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Over on the Apple podcast side of things, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure that you do give us that five-star rating and review. It's a great and easy way to help out the show. Even if you're not a podcast listener, wouldn't mind hopping over there to the podcast side, subscribe, and then hit that uh, that five-star rating for us. We sure would appreciate it. All right, so LeBron wants the Lakers to do something. This is what came out of the Chris Haynes piece. LeBron would like the Lakers to make a move now, and part of this is kind of wrapped up in a quasi promise that the Lakers made and that LeBron and signing the extension was doing so 
with the belief that the Lakers would do everything they could to win, that they wouldn't waste any seasons that he has left. I mean, this is year 20 for LeBron James, and so it makes sense that he wouldn't want to take a season and just kind of punt, which is what we're hearing the Lakers may be looking to do, that they might not be willing to give up these two first-round picks that they've got, 2027 and 2029, with the belief that, well, either there isn't a deal out there that would turn them into a championship contender or the team simply isn't good enough to become a championship contender with a move. Both of those things really could be true. But that doesn't sit well with LeBron James, who, again, he's chasing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but he doesn't want the season to only be about that. Imagine, like, from the Lakers fans' perspective, how hollow would that feel if the Lakers are one of the worst teams in the Western Conference and they're not winning games and it's a joyless season, and then LeBron passes Kareem. I mean, th this is going to be a major moment for the sport. A record will be falling that we never thought would fall, that we thought was untouchable. It's going to be a big, big moment, and it would definitely be tarnished if the Lakers are in a terrible position as a team at that time. So I know that LeBron wants this to be fixed. He wants the Lakers to do something, and yet the Lakers appear to be you know, looking at maybe kicking the can down the road and waiting until next summer, unless they can perhaps get somebody. Then I'll get to who that somebody is in, in just a moment. But LeBron wants the Lakers to do something. Isn't clear yet if the Lakers are willing to do something or not. And I think there's potential here for conflict. In fact, in the Chris Haynes piece, uh, he mentions that the some of the key players on the Lakers, uh, the core members, could sour on the Lakers' future if something isn't done. And of course, we would have to assume, I mean, who's the, the key players or the core pieces or whatever? It's LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's who he's talked about. It's LeBron and Anthony Davis saying they could sour on the future of the franchise. Now, again, that's not saying these guys are going to ask out. These guys are going to demand a trade if the Lakers don't do something, but if they sour on the future of the franchise, they they don't believe in the front office putting them in a winning position anymore, well, what would the next step be from there? It would be a separation. It would be a parting of ways. That would come in the form of a trade request. So could that be what we're staring down by the trade deadline or perhaps in the summer? Remember, LeBron cannot be traded. Anthony Davis, though, could. Now, uh, speaking of AD... Uh, the Lakers, according to Haynes, are not entertaining trading Anthony Davis. And again, quoting, you know, sorting, sourcing Rich Paul here, basically, without without specifically saying my source is Rich Paul. Pretty clear that Chris's, Chris Haynes' source was R Rich Paul, saying that the, he, the Rich Paul hasn't had any conversations with other teams calling, asking about an extension with Anthony Davis. So therefore, he doesn't believe that the Lakers are talking about trading AD because if they were talking about trading AD, if they were talking about trading him, just to throw a, a name out there, say they were talking about trading him to I don't know, the Charlotte Hornets, the Hornets would call Rich Paul and say, hey, um, you know, if we trade for AD, does he want to be here? Would he be interested in doing a contract extension with us? And because he hasn't heard any of those conversations, he doesn't believe the Lakers are actually interested in trading AD as of this moment. And there's a lot of that buzz going around that the Lakers, maybe they should move on from AD. I've certainly talked about, is it time for a rebuild? Ron Gutterman and I talked about that on the YouTube channel yesterday. Uh, maybe that, that may be the correct path forward. And we're going to get into a lot of AD conversation. We want to get into the fan questions and comments. That may be the correct path forward for the Lakers. 
But as of this moment, it doesn't appear like that's what they want to do. And I'd have to imagine his trade value can't be where the Lakers would want it to be right now, just given the fact that he's got the injury history. He's dealing with a back issue at the moment. The jumper really hasn't come back around this season, so he's having some struggles on the offensive end. And let's face it, he looked a little lethargic in the game against the Clippers. Now, he's got a back injury. Of course, I mean, that's that's going to be a factor that's going to make you look a little bit slow out there. But still, the Lakers, who were hoping that AD would play this season and prove that he's a 1A guy that they can build around post-LeBron, I don't think you've seen that out of him this season. Defensively, he's done some great things. And we also have to keep in mind that AD's been saying for a while now that he doesn't want to play center. He'll do it if he has to, but he doesn't want to. The Lakers still asking him to play center out of necessity. Again, that's another topic we're going to get into more in just a bit. But as of right now, the Lakers don't appear to be planning on trading Anthony Davis. Now, not true about Russell Westbrook. In fact, the word from Chris Haynes, and this is sort of the silver lining to what's been going on. The, the one positive thing to what's been going on this season is that Russell Westbrook has actually been successful playing for the Lakers as a sixth man. In fact, I would have to assume that he is, as of right now, it's early, but he would be the front runner for sixth man of the year. He's been fantastic coming off the bench for the Lakers, and he has bought into that role, which is exactly what you want from him and what other teams wanted to see as well. Other teams now apparently seeing, according to Haynes, that Russell Westbrook is being successful coming off the bench for the Lakers, and the thought is occurring to them, hmm, well, if he's doing that for the Lakers... Would he consider doing that for us? And that's causing them to make phone calls and call the Lakers and say, hey, hey, um, you know what? Maybe we consider trading for Russell Westbrook. And that's actually a very important shift because up until this point, all summer long, every negotiation that involved Russell Westbrook was happening with the assumption that the team that would be trading for him, whether it's Indiana, San Antonio, Charlotte, whoever, it doesn't matter. Any team that would trade for him would not put him on the floor. They would waive him. They would buy him out and send him on his way. They were only trading for him as an expiring contract. Well, now Russ has played well enough off the bench. The teams are calling to play him. That's a that's a pretty big shift. Now, Haynes was, was stressing that, look, this doesn't mean that anything's happening, nothing's close or anything like that. We don't know what those offers look like, right? Teams could be calling up the Lakers saying, hey, you guys are losing a bunch. Um... How about we take Russ off your hands and here's three terrible long-term salaries. We'll give you that in return, right? I mean, that's like, that's probably what the Lakers have gotten so far is low ball offers and, and that stuff that they're not really that interested in. So I don't take that as a sign that, oh my gosh, you know, the Lakers are going to complete a rust trade and they're going to get value it back for him. And I wouldn't assume that teams are going to be offering that kind of stuff right now, but give it another month. Russ keeps playing like this and we get past that December 15th date next thing you know, you've got uh, a lot more players that are available in the trade market. Remember, most of the players who signed contracts this past summer, not trade eligible until December 15th. So you get past that point. If Russ is still playing well off the bench, I think you might get some more substantive, substantive trade discussions where the Lakers could conceivably actually get some assets back for him if he continues to play at this level. And it's been great. It's been great watching Russ play the way that he has. It's been uh, heartwarming seeing him finally get the positive reaction out of the LA crowd and, and all of that, like his hometown crowd. It's been great. But I will say, if you're the Lakers, as great as it's been with Russ, what are the chances that you keep him? What are the chances that the fences are mended by the end of the year enough to where you'd say, you know what? Yeah, Russ, we want you to come back. 
and you're able to agree on a price for Russ to come back. What are the chances that's the case? Probably not very high. So even if you're of the mindset, Lakers fans are of the mindset of, you know what? Maybe we don't want to trade Russ in that Indiana deal anymore. Maybe let's try to get just Miles Turner. Let's try to get just Buddy Heald. And let's package, let's make it Kendrick Nunn and Patrick Beverly. That's all well and good. But also say, if you can find a way to get any, to get positive value out of Russ, and it still seems fairly unlikely that he's a Laker after the summer, you, you have to consider that. You have to explore getting some positive value for him and not just letting him walk away as a $47 million expiring contract if you can. Now, up until this point, we've been assuming you're not getting positive value. In fact, you have to attach value to him in order to get anything coming back in a trade or even get to get a team just to take on his salary. If that dynamic changes, the Lakers would probably do well to take advantage of it and get something. I don't know what that something is. Maybe it's a player that they think can be part of their future. Maybe it's draft picks. Some, whatever they can get, you have to consider it if you're looking at a situation where Russell Westbrook, his time is up with the Lakers this summer, and suddenly you hit a moment where he actually has some positive value for the team. I wouldn't say we're there yet, but something to just kind of keep in mind as we go through this whole situation. Um, Bradley Beal. <laughs> so according to Chris Haynes, Bradley Beal is the player that the Lakers covet. Now, that is something that is not a surprise. We'd been hearing, in fact, we heard from Howard Beck just the other day that the Lakers, they there was one particular player that they were hoping would hit the market and they would like to trade Russell Westbrook, their picks for that player. That's what they've been holding out hope for. That's why they're not doing the Indiana deal. That's why they didn't do a Kyrie or would not do a Kyrie deal now. And, 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 you know, in addition to all the other things that come with Kyrie, but they've been hoping one particular player would hit the market. Well, apparently that player is Bradley Beal. And my reaction is really, is that look, Bradley Beal is, he's a wonderful player. He's excellent. And if Bradley Beal is hundred percent healthy, yeah, he fits with LeBron and AD. He can do some good things there, but Bradley Beal turns 30 next summer. He's got five years under contract. He's owed about $200 million. That's a lot. Now, you would be committing to building around Beal and Anthony Davis moving forward. But aren't we kind of just doing the same thing over again? Now, again, on paper, Bradley Beal is a better fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis than Russell Westbrook ever was. Okay, so I, that, that would be different. But the big three model still... That's still what we're what we're going for right now, the big three model, and locking into this big long-term contract for a player who has a pretty extensive injury history. Now, again, if Bradley Beal is healthy, that could work out just fine. But if he's not, what if the injuries start to pop up again with Beal? And look, there's always an injury risk with every player in the NBA, but if there's, you could find yourself stuck again if you do something like this. Now, that... It may all be a moot point because the Wizards, do they want to trade Bradley Beal? Probably not. If they are in a situation where Beal demands a trade, well, other teams are probably going to beat whatever the Lakers could offer. They're going to beat Russell Westbrook in two first, unless teams look at that contract and say, oh man, we don't want to be the team to play to pay Bradley Beal almost $60 million when he's almost 35 years old. We don't want to be that team. Maybe, maybe that you know, depresses the trade market. He also has a no trade clause. And so he does have the ability to steer his landing spot 
But even if Bradley Beal says, I demand a trade and I will only accept a trade to the Lakers, that's it. Any other team, I'm using my no trade clause and I will not accept that trade. If Bradley Beal does, even if he does that, the Wizards could just look at what the Lakers are offering and say, no, we'd rather just keep him. That might not be enough for the Wizards to trade their franchise guy, for the guy they just gave that huge contract to and all of that. So even if everything lines up for the Lakers and you get Bradley Beal to say that, and I'm not, we haven't heard any buzz about him doing this, but if you did get him to number one, demand a trade from the Wizards, which he has been very reluctant to do. Number two, you get him to demand a trade specifically to the Lakers and scare off every other team by saying he will use his no trade clause to make sure he doesn't go anywhere else. It still doesn't mean the deal is getting done. So I would be very skeptical that the Lakers are somehow going to land Bradley Beal and think if that is what's holding you up here from making any kind of a move, if there's, if the Lakers are saying, well, you know what, we've got this deal in front of us that we could do right now, but there's a chance, there's a chance that Bradley Beal, he could become available in a couple of months. Let's wait and see if we can get Bradley Beal. Yikes. Yeah, that that's not... Look, I'm not even convinced that that going for Bradley Beal is the right move to continue this three-star model to, to go down that path. I don't think that's necessarily the right move, but I don't think it's likely that Bradley Beal is going to be available, that this is even going to be a possibility for the Lakers, especially given what they've got to potentially trade for him. So if that's holding up any kind of negotiation, I think that's a problem. And again, I, I'm not, not saying it is. We don't know for sure, but if the Lakers are kind of holding on to hope, that Bradley Beal could become available. That's um, that's concerning, to, to say the least, because I don't think it's very likely that they're able to get something done there to land him. It also maybe suggests that their mentality is still stuck in this big three model, which I've talked a lot about. Um, I, I think that that's, that ship has sailed. Look, if you get, let's say you do get Bradley Beal. Okay, you've got Bradley Beal, you've got LeBron, you've got Anthony Davis, and the rest of your team is veteran minimums. Again, we've been down this, we've seen how this ends. Doesn't end well. So I'm not optimistic about this move, even if it, even if something does happen. But I, I honestly, I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to. All right. Last thing I need to get into before I get into fan questions and comments here, um, the Lakers City Edition. So this came out, and there were early leaks of this, so I know a lot of people have uh, you know seen it already, but here's what it looks like. Uh, I'm putting it up on the, the screen. If you're a podcast listener, I'm sure you can just pop in to uh, pop it into Google and say Lakers 2022-2023 City Edition, and you'll see it. But it, look, I, I am far from a fashion person. I'm far from someone who, who would critique fashionable sense. So look, um, in order to dress my six-year-old daughter, I always have to check with my, with my wife and say, look, do, does this match? Hell, let's be honest to dress myself. I usually have to ask whether or not something matches. So by, I am by no means a fashion critique or, 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 or critic or anybody who would have anything, you know, to, to really say about the looks of something. I just kind of know what I like and what I don't. And when I look at this city edition Jersey, it's okay. It's just okay. It's just all right. It's, it's kind of plain. I do like the old school, the 80s style uh, lettering that looks like it's, it's moving. It's got the, the, the trail on it. 
where it says Los Angeles, but it's not even so much that. Like, I don't think this is a terrible jersey by any means. I really like the other jersey that we've been seeing, the the powder blue, the George Mikan one. That one's fantastic. And these don't live up to the Black Mamba jersey, which I still have as the best jersey ever. But this isn't a bad jersey. This is just fine. Um, it's better than some of the other city editions that we've seen in previous years. Uh, again, not as good as the Black Mamba. I don't, I don't hate this jersey, but I just think it's interesting. The So uh, they put a lot of thought into these jerseys. They put a lot into like kind of the meaning behind all of it. And so this jersey is very, very plain. It's just white, says Los Angeles across it, got the number on it, right? And this is the, you know, in quotes, the, the Lakers City Edition uniform, this is from Nick DePaula, said, is intentionally stripped back to represent how to transform a blank page into a world of possibility. That's the, the phrase that they're using to promote this. How to transform a blank page into a world of possibility. That's why this jersey is so plain. It's just a, a white jersey. It does have a little bit of trim on it, and it says Los Angeles across it. I'm already seeing Lakers fans that are taking that and flipping it, and I actually think this is fairly clever, uh, flipping it and saying, well, this is a team that's taken a world of possibility and turned it into a blank page. You've taken this team that was winning championships or that won a championship and it seemed like they had all these possibility to, to win more championships around LeBron and AD, and you've turned it into a blank page where it's LeBron and he looks around and there's, there's not much there with him. So, oh, it's sad, but clever by Lakers fans to flip that and, and say that the jersey is actually representative of what the front office has done in terms of taking a team that had a world of possibility and finding a way to erase all of that. Certainly not what the Lakers were going for when they put this City Edition together. But I do have a lot more to say on the Lakers. So let's get into the fan questions and comments. Most of these coming in post-game from the loss to the Clippers. So there's a lot of doom and gloom in here. But as always, I'm going to use these to sort of springboard into a lot of other topics revolving around the Lakers. So let's let's get into this here. Um, first one, Salvador Guerrero says, bro, LeBron tried carrying the team, but at 37, almost 38, he can only do so much. AD is done, exclamation point. Trade AD, trade Bev, trade none. Prime AD peaked in 2020. Well, AD, I mean, certainly his entire career, the best we've seen him play was in 2020 right? Of his entire career. I mean, before that, after that, that's been his peak for sure. Uh, will he ever hit that level again? The farther away we get from that, it, the more unlikely it seems. AD, I thought against the, against the Clippers, he looked a little disengaged at times. I thought the AD we saw in the first few games of the season looked very bought in. He was, he looked like his old self defensively. He's flying all over the place, getting all kinds of boards, blocking shots, looked monstrous his enthusiasm felt like it definitely definitely waned in the last few games. And again, I don't know if that's an injury thing, but I do wonder if that's kind of an effect, the cumulative effect of these losses piling up. And if we're, if we're starting to see that across the whole team where they're not locked in for an entire game. And is that kind of the mental anguish of, of losing? I mean, look, we even see that amongst Lakers fans. Lakers fans aren't as locked into these games as they were a couple of weeks ago because they're starting to say, man, my, you know, for my mental health, I need to distance myself a little bit from what we're seeing here on the floor. It's not easy um, to, to go through some of these games. 
So you have to imagine the the toll it's taking on the players is going to be a real thing as well. And so I do think that's part of this here. Like, it wouldn't shock me if the Lakers do ultimately trade AD, if they traded him to a team that's got a shot to win, if we don't see his play pick up again. And that's not necessarily saying AD is lollygagging out there or tanking or you know, whatever you want to call it. I think it's just there's a different bounce in your step when you feel like you've got a shot. And I'm hoping that the mentality of the Lakers team is not sliding into this zone where they can't, where they don't feel like they're going to win, where they're losing their confidence, where the weight of it all is starting to come down on them because that's happening already. That's, um, yeah, that's worrisome. Uh, Noel, Noel said, the Lakers are doing their best Nero impersonation, doing nothing while this team burns to the ground. The optics of doing this to your stars is awful. You know, I thought the last bit was interesting because the Lakers are an organization who has presented themselves as very star friendly. And when we talk about, hey, LeBron kind of had this promise. I mean, Rob Palenka has talked about this, that the Lakers organization is, is committed to helping see LeBron through the remainder of his career and help him contend and all of that. If they don't make a move to help LeBron and everybody sees this around the NBA, how big of a setback is that? for the organization and this image they've cultivated as being star friendly. Like they've been very concerned about making sure that they prove that they are a star friendly organization. You go all the way back to Kobe tearing his Achilles and the Lakers given this big contract as big new deal coming off of that Achilles tear when you never knew if he was going to be the same guy ever again. Um, they've been sending out the message for years or decades that they take care of their stars. And if they aren't able to make a deal, and things get contentious between them and LeBron. And the LeBron side of it is putting out there, hey, you guys told us that we would contend. And then this is what, the, you gave us this team? Talked about this in the postgame. There was, there was a moment where LeBron was on the floor and the highest drafted player on the floor with him was Max Christie. Second round. If that's the way this season goes, that's something the Lakers front office has to consider. The eyes of the league are upon them. The eyes of other stars. Would other stars look at the Lakers and say, the Lakers kind of, they promised LeBron they would help build this team and, and they didn't do it. Should we trust them as well to go there and believe that they're going to follow through? I don't know how big of a factor that would be, but it's something the front office might have to consider and something that will become a bigger issue if moves aren't made to help out LeBron. Uh, Daniel, if LeBron's injured, trade AD for assets and keep Westbrook. You know, I, I'm still of the belief that they'll wait until the summer at the very earliest to trade AD. I don't think it's on their radar just yet. But, but, um, it, like you do, if, if you do something like that, then you free up true cap space next summer to really make some franchise altering moves. But of course, that's not really what the Lakers ideally want. They'd rather AD plays at a high level, the team starts winning, and, and next thing you know, you know you've, you've got some optimism around your club. But I understand why people are saying, look, if LeBron's hurt, what, what are we doing? You know, And so it sounds like LeBron, the hope is that he sits out these two games, um, Friday, tonight, and Sunday, and then he's back the following Friday. Like They've got a big gap for some reason in their schedule, and the Lakers might actually be able to take advantage of that and get LeBron extra rest. I think that's probably what they're going to do. Brody says, looked like a G League team with three Hall of Famers tonight. Trade Beverly, Nunn, Bryant, and Jones. 
Well, Bryant, they're going to let come back from injury, see what he's got there. I don't know how much trade value those guys have. If you add picks in, though, in theory, they all could be expiring contracts. Uh, Damian Jones has a player option for next year, but it's just a veteran minimum. So that's not a big deal. Those are all expiring contracts. You could stack up, mix and match in order to go try to get something done. But yeah, I mean, look, none of those guys, <laughs> literally none, Kendrick, uh, have impressed to varying degrees. You know, look, Damian Jones can't even crack the rotation right now. When it's pretty, like Anthony Davis is asking the Lakers to let him not play center. And they went and got Damian Jones. They, Thomas Bryant is hurt, but they went and got Damian Jones. And Wendy Gabriel is getting the, the quote unquote center minutes behind Anthony Davis. That's that tells you how the Lakers feel about Damian Jones as of this moment and what he's shown so far, uh, which has been nothing. And, and I hate saying that because he's he's my guy. But um, and then Beverly and and none. I mean, Beverly at least has given you some stuff on the defensive end, but none has certainly been disappointing uh, up to this point. Like this was a guy that was a 15 point per game score for the Miami Heat not that long ago and just hasn't been able to get back on track. I know the hope is that things will click. He was out all last year with an injury and that at some point he will get going again. They're trying to be patient, but there's you just don't know if he's ever going to find his way again. And if he doesn't, that's uh, that's a tough blow because the Lakers were really counting on him to come in and give them some scoring uh, off the bench. Mamba mentality. Disappointed how we started the game. We've been starting games well, and today was not it. Not wrong. Did not start well against the Clippers. Also, teams know if the Lakers... Um, if the Lakers done by the end of the big three, or, or if the Lakers are down big by the end of the third, it's over. Let's hope Braun isn't out or our season is done indefinitely. So if teams see the opportunity to make a run on the Lakers, and if you're able to go into the fourth up a decent amount, the Lakers have a tough time coming back because they're, just, they're not that explosive offensively. Their, their offense is really totally reliant on their defense. They have to get stops. They have to get out and transition and score. And Darvin Ham even mixed up the rotation so that you didn't wind up with this terrible rotation of like LeBron or Russ and then surrounded by four non-scorers uh, to close the third and to start the fourth because that was just killing them. And it didn't matter. The Clippers still went on a huge run to end the third. The Lakers have battled back and tied it. We thought, oh, cool, great. This this third quarter curse is over. Oh, no, no, it's not. Instead, the final three minutes or so of the third, you give up a, a big run, and that's it. That's the end of the game. Game's over. So, yeah, I, I do think the Lakers are probably getting the, the teams are noticing that, hey, you can put this team away in the third quarter and then give yourself a much easier time in the fourth. So you're only going to see teams really push down on the gas pedal that much more against the Lakers in the third quarter, knowing that they've had these woes. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Mook Morris, do we even make the play in this year? Are we secretly tanking for the Pelicans to get Victor or Scoot? They're, the Lakers, they can't be too worried about, they just have to say, the pick is a sunk cost. It's gone. It is what it is. Wherever it winds up, the pick, it's not our concern, right? Um, it would ideally, look, in other words, Lakers fans, you should be rooting for Pelicans losses. I think you should assume the Lakers will have the Pelicans pick. And so you should be rooting for Pelicans losses at every opportunity so that that pick is as low as possible. That's, that's what you're rooting for, uh, Lakers fans, because it doesn't seem like and right now and things could change, but right now it doesn't seem likely that the Lakers will have their own pick. Seems much more likely they'll have the Pelicans pick. Um, do they make the plans? I sure hope so. I still think this has been a brutal start to the season for the Lakers, but they've got to pick up wins when opportunities present themselves. And it's hard to look on the schedule and say, oh, well, that's a clear win opportunity. You do have some games coming up against San Antonio and teams like that. So, but if LeBron's not healthy, then a win opportunity might be gone. John says, feel bad for Frank Vogel. Now the team isn't any better. I don't, I mean, I think Frank Vogel knew. He knew that he wasn't coming back, even though he also knew that it wasn't all his fault. The writing was on the wall. He knew he wasn't coming back. Uh, James said, now we know why LeBron took shots at the front office last season. I mean, he was, I think he was trying to get the front office to do something at the trade deadline. And you have to wonder, is that kind of lingering in the back of his, of his mind? Like, you know, I was trying to get them to make a move at the trade deadline last year. They wouldn't do it. And LeBron is not blameless here. LeBron had a played a role in bringing Russ to the Lakers and, and all of that. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying all of this is being done to LeBron, right? But LeBron clearly wanted the front office to make a move at the trade deadline. Didn't happen. He's told that they're going to build this team up around him, that they will spare no expense, that they'll trade away whatever they have to in order to build a championship team around him. And he signs an extension with that being the, the belief. And now here we are. And the word is that maybe they won't move those picks, that this season is not, they're not able to save this season. And instead, LeBron is going to be left with kind of an empty season of just chasing Kareem, and that's going to be it, and losing a lot of games. And that's not what he wants. And so LeBron, I mean, you at some point, LeBron's trust and faith in the front office is going to break, and maybe it's already cracking. And rightfully so. If this is that's the ing, the lens that he's going to view this through. Jay Delgado, Kendrick Nunn is hurting the Lakers both on offense and defense. At least Beverly can provide defense. Yeah, I sure hope Kendrick Nunn gets it going at some point, but you're not wrong. Maddie James, I don't want to hear any excuses. This team has gotten real good at giving excuses when this team used to be a no-excuse team. High standards since Kobe and after, no excuses. I mean... This team has dealt with a lot. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. They've dealt with a lot of, you know, oh, I'm talking about over the last few years, COVID, all kinds of stuff, just mistakes being made by the front office, all sorts of things. The, what really hurts is when you look at this and you say, okay, two seasons ago, that was injuries. Two seasons ago, they had a really good team, an underratedly good team, like a team that could have gone back-to-back -back winning a championship. Um, bringing in Trez, bringing in Dennis Schroeder, bringing in, 
uh, Marcus Saul. Look, not every move worked perfectly, but that was a legitimately good team when they had everybody healthy and they were undone by injuries. Now, maybe they wouldn't have won a championship, but we never got to find out because of injuries. Last two seasons, they just haven't been good. And what really hurts is that, and I think this is what bothers Lakers fans almost as much as just the losses themselves, is that they they did it to themselves. They did it to themselves. Like the two seasons ago, you could say, you know what, that was bad injury luck, and it just it happened. And sometimes that's what happened in, what happens in sports. But the past couple of seasons, it's been a combination of the Russell Westbrook trade and I think the accumulation of all of these trades and all these moves that they've made where they've lost in the margins, it's been piling up and piling up and piling up. And it's put them in this spot where they're just so devoid of assets that they can move that they're kind of paralyzed and stuck with this team. With no, There's no clear way out of this. And the again, the frustrating part for Lakers fans is knowing that it's a direct result of their own decision-making that led them to this point. It's not bad injury luck or something like that. J.J. Ramirez, AD is looking like Dwight Howard after his back recovery. Still good, but not dominant anymore. It's sad to see. Again, I thought we saw a springier version of Anthony Davis at the beginning of the season. Hopefully we get that version again this season, but against the Clippers, he looked diminished. Look, look, you go back and you look at clips of 2020 Anthony Davis. It's hard to go back and watch that and feel like you're seeing the same player or that you've seen the same player over the last couple of years. And I'm not even talking about the stats. I'm not talking about, oh, that guy's making jumpers. This guy doesn't make jumpers. I'm talking about the way he moves. The way he moves on the floor, the quickness that he moves with, it's not the same. It's not the same. And that's concerning. And look, back injuries can do that to you. So fingers crossed. Hopefully it's the back injury that's really causing this. But when you watch him move up and down the floor right now, he doesn't look like the same guy. And that's, you know, I, I'm hoping that that older version of that previous version of AD will come back because he's he's an incredibly talented player. But if he's not destroyer of worlds, Anthony Davis, that's that's part of the Lakers problem. If you're getting this version of Anthony Davis, who's very good, a very good player, but not a MVP candidate. LeBron is very good, but this version of LeBron is not an MVP candidate. This version of Russell Westbrook is good. He's a, he, he's a positive contributor right now, but he's not a top-tier all-star level player at this moment. That's what you need from those guys. You needed all-star version of Russ. You needed MVP candidate Anthony Davis. You needed MVP candidate LeBron in order to make a team with a bunch of veteran minimum players work. That's what you needed. In addition to veteran minimum players that fit better, in addition to, you know, not trading away all your players that you had bird rights on so that you could have kept them in the fold and had better fitting pieces. And look, a lot of it goes into this, but LeBron, AD, and Russ not quite being that dominant trio is also a factor here for the Lakers. Hey, Chris said, like you said before, Trev, this could be AD's last year to prove we can get a prime year from him. He's going to into his thirties and LeBron is 38 soon. This team needs to think about some things. Yeah. I've, I've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to delve completely back into it. Um, if you want more thoughts on a rebuild, 
Again, I talked about it with Ron Gutterman yesterday on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Go check that out. But if things continue down this path and the Lakers don't make a move and LeBron's upset with them, AD's upset with them, the Lakers next summer could find themselves making a very difficult decision in terms of their future. And I'm talking about potentially a rebuild. And that's that's not a road they want to travel down at this moment. But if they keep going the way things are going and they're not able to appease LeBron this season, they're not able to appease AD this season, that could be a reality that they're faced with. Super dope hip-hop. Can someone explain LeBron haters thinking of LeGM when he wanted Ty Lue, Caruso, and DeRozan pre-Westbrook, but Lakers front office lowballed all three on money in years? Well, DeRozan thought he was coming to the Lakers. I don't think that was a lowball. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think the DeRozan situation was the Lakers lowballed him. Um, the Lakers decided they wanted Russ, and there were advantages. Look, when I looked at, we talked about this a ton two summers ago, but DeMar DeRozan and Russell Westbrook both had, they're totally different players, but there were similar drawbacks, right? Neither one's a three-point shooter. Both of them thrive with the ball in their hands. Neither one was a, a great defender. So you felt like you were kind of dealing with some of the similar weaknesses, but the big advantage to trading for Russ was he was already under contract, whereas DeRozan would have been a sign-and-trade, which would have hard-capped the Lakers and made it essentially impossible to keep Alex Caruso. Well, there's probably there was a way to make the math work, but very difficult to keep Caruso and THT. Uh, whereas with Russell Westbrook, you wouldn't be hard capping yourself, which means you could continue to go over the salary cap and you could keep Caruso, you could keep THT, and you go on your merry way. The Lakers then mind blowing, they they made the conscious choice to trade for Russ, have the advantage of not being hard capped, and then choose to not use that advantage and to instead let talent walk on out the door for no return. That was a choice they made. Yeah, look, infuriating, I know. But um, LeBron wanting Ty Lue, yeah, that's that's a front, like the front office messed around, and I think that's why Darvin Ham got a four-year deal. Low-balled Ty Lue, didn't give him the years that he wanted, and now he's a really good coach for the Clippers. Um, that's not a good look. The Caruso thing, not a good look. That's also not to say, though, that LeBron hasn't had a hand in putting this team together, that LeBron didn't want Russell Westbrook or anything like that. He's he's had a hand in that, but there's plenty of blame to go around. Peter, next game against Sacramento, which beat the Cavs tonight. Not good. Yeah, look, Sacramento's a good team. Not great. Like, if LeBron was playing, this would be a win. As of right now, the Kings in L.A. on the Lakers' home floor are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but again, there's no LeBron for this game. Um, this is still a, a winnable game, but yeah, if LeBron was playing, I'd feel a lot better about the Lakers' chances. I know, crazy analysis there, right? Beast mode, running the same team out there, expecting distant, different results. Yeah, that's the definition of insanity, right? Senpai NFT said, punt the season, shut LeBron down after he passes Kareem and trade him over the summer. Uh, trade AD and don't destroy the team's future. A bronze stand, not a Lakers fan. So this Senpai comments a lot and is a LeBron fan saying, saying don't make a trade to ruin the team's future right now. Saying don't trade those future picks or anything. Just wait. Make a trade with AD next summer or something like that. If you have to punt the season, punt the season. That's not typical. Most most LeBron fans are, are screaming saying get something done now because they don't want to see a season of LeBron wasted. And 
the 2027 and 2029 picks don't mean much to them because they, they're not going to be around for those picks. Um, and, and look, I'm not, that's not me trying to be, to criticize them. That's just reality. If, if you, if you know, you're not going to be around to use that particular draft pick. Yeah. It's not going to hold as much value to you as somebody who's like say a Lakers fan and has to be concerned about their future assets. That's not saying Lakers fans don't think the Lakers should use them in a, in a trade right now either. But um, I think that's kind of more what the Lakers are leaning towards is if LeBron's hurt, let's just do what we can, get him back out there, pass Kareem, and, and keep our heads down and get through the season. I know that's not what fans want. Fans don't want to be asked to sit through another season like last season. But it feels like that's the most likely thing. And perhaps that's why LeBron, through Rich Paul, is putting out there through, again, Chris Haynes' piece, that, hey, I want something done. Otherwise, I might not be so convinced about this franchise's future. Uh, Matt says, AD trade request coming. He clearly doesn't want to be a Laker anymore. He's more than checked out. He's slow and doesn't care at all. I mean, he did look disengaged against the Clippers. I Again, the back injury can be a factor here. But, I mean, that's kind of what the Haynes... He didn't say they were considering a trade request or anything, but reading between the lines, if you no longer believe in the direction of a franchise, the next step is going to be a trade request. So, it wouldn't shock me if that is ultimately where we wind up, is with a trade request from LeBron or AD. And I think that's being floated out there to say, hey, this is the road we're traveling down right now. Unless you do something, you make a trade in order to change our course. That's how I was reading that. Uh, another Matt said, the Lakers issues uh, are defense still giving up too many points. Well, the defense was great to start the year, but it's they've switched off on too many possessions lately. And I don't know if that's the mental fatigue of losing all these games. It's hard to continue competing defensively at that level when you're losing, when you're not getting the positive reinforcement that wins bring. Uh, until they pick up their defense, they'll struggle. Their team three weeks ago had hope. Yeah, won't argue with that. Just busy. Two full seasons of this is just plain disrespectful to Lakers Nation. The NBA and anyone wanted to see a competitive basketball game. Yeah, two seasons of this is asking, look, here's the other thing that you're risking. You're risking alienating Lakers fans. Because how many Lakers fans struggled to stay locked? And Lakers, look, for the, the negative rep that Lakers fans get from other fan bases, the Lakers have some diehard fans. Diehard fans that are with them through thick and thin. For all of that, even the, the most steadfast diehard fans were struggling last season with sticking it out. If you put forth the message early on that, hey, we're probably going to do that all over again. We're going to lose a lot of games again. There's not going to be any silver lining again because we're going to be, we're, there's going to be a pick swap on this draft pick. So it's not even like we can say, hey, maybe we can get Victor Wembanyama. Nope, can't do that. I think you're risking pushing some fans away. And the Lakers, you got to be careful with that. Got to be careful with that. They're generational. People will always be Lakers fans, but that's not what we want to see. Not what you want to see. Right guy, this team would be 9-2 and two if the India deal was done before media day. AD wants out. LeBron's clearly like, bruh, this is a joke. Hashtag fire Rob. I don't know if they would be 9-2. and two. I think they would have more wins if they had just done the Indy trade. And again, part of the, the challenge is Russ has been good. Russ has not been hurting this team. He's been good. 
So if the deal was Russ for those two players, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, like those two players fit better. Again, I think they have won more games if you do it, but I think some of the effect is a little bit less than we would have thought in the summer because Russ has been so helpful to them this year. But that said, I think that doesn't change the fact that, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Again, I don't think they'd be 9-2, but they would have won more games. Sam Acosta, what is rock bottom for this team? I sure hope this is it, Sam. I hope this is it, that we've hit a point where the Lakers are understanding that they they have to do something here. That just They need to make a decision on what their future is. And not picking a direction, kind of staying in the middle, isn't going to work. I think they need to go either go all in and you make a trade, and hopefully that trade does present itself, or you go the other way and you have to start preparing yourself for the next iteration of the Lakers. And I'm talking about a rebuild. I think you need to you need to decide. You can't sit on the fence anymore. And I don't think LeBron is going to let, let them. Honestly, I don't think that's what we're going to see. I think if they continue forward saying, well, you know what? Maybe we're just going to wait until the end of the year. I think they're going to get a problem on their hands coming from LeBron. And rightfully so. That's not what he signed up for. Always winning. Is AD in a pick for KD realistic? What's KD's asking price? I don't know if Brooklyn is willing to move him. AD in a pick? Maybe, but like if Brooklyn, let's say Brooklyn decides they're going to trade KD, they'll probably also suggest they're going to trade Kyrie. Wouldn't that put them into a rebuild? Would they even want AD? Wouldn't they want future assets and things like that? I think that would push them into a rebuild. They're not, it's not like they're trading KD for AD and saying, hey, Let's go win games with Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons together. Let's let's put those two guys together and go win games. No, they'd be better off just rebuilding and, you know, tearing it down. And, and I mean, look, they'd have to do it again when it feels like they, they just felt like they were getting out of a rebuild when they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It's not what they want to do, but I don't know if Anthony Davis for Kevin Durant is a natural fit for the Nets. And, and so value-wise, that might be a move topic because the fit may not make sense for the Nets if they do finally decide okay we're gonna we're washing our hands of all this Chase said LeBron had the worst plus minus on the team even lower than none thoughts on that is it his defense uh well the Lakers gave up the big run at the end of the third while LeBron was on the floor um in one game that's what you see sometimes is plus minus can be a little bit of a weird stat in one game over the course of a season or even half a season it becomes a little bit more valuable but in one game, if you happen to be on the, it might not be your fault at all, but if you happen to be on the floor where you have a cold stretch shooting and the opponent has a hot streak, your plus minus will look terrible. So I don't read too much into that. Uh, look, LeBron has not been as good this season as we would have hoped, but against the Clippers, his shooting percentages came up. It looked like he was kind of looking like himself again. And then the injury hit. Because of course, I mean, that's just been the Lakers luck this season. Mike said, boy, didn't Zubats look good at less than $11 million a year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, another bad mistake from the Lakers front office with the Zubats situation. Karosh said, AD to the Mavs for Bullock, Dinwiddie, Wood, a first-round pick. Russ and two first-round picks for Buddy and Miles, Pat Bev and a second-round pick for Crowder. That's interesting. Uh, love the show, guys. Well, thank you. So AD to the Mavs. Do the Mavs, that's a lot of their shooting and playmaking. I don't know if the Mavs do that. I don't know if they do. That's a lot of their shooting. Like, you have to surround 
Luca with shooting. And you'd be taking away quite a bit of the shooters from that roster. Um, I don't even know if the Lakers should do that either. I would think if you're the Lakers and you're trading AD, yeah, those guys would help. And maybe that's the path you go down if you say we're going to appease LeBron. But I kind of feel like if you're going to trade AD, you're probably going to eventually trade LeBron too. And you're just going to commit to a rebuild. Uh, Russ and two first-round picks for Buddy and Miles. We've talked a bunch about that. Pat Bev and a second-round pick for Crowder. Do the Suns really need Patrick Beverly? I mean, Crowder's expiring anyway. The second-round pick, does that make it worth it? Maybe. I don't know. John, would you do this deal if you're Orlando? Russ at first and a couple of seconds for Isaac. Okay, so Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, and Gary Harris. Maybe. Um, there's there's team options or non-guaranteed second years on Bamba and Gary Harris, which is very useful. That, that makes those two contracts very tradable. If I'm the Magic, I'm probably waiting till the trade deadline to see if something better comes along because those two pieces, they specifically, like the Lakers don't do this stuff. The Magic specifically crafted contracts for Gary Harris and Mo Bamba that are as trade-friendly as they can possibly be. They're, they turn them in, because if it's a one-year deal, the player gets essentially a, a, a no-trade clause, right? If you just give them give these guys one-year deals. They don't give them one-year deal. They make it a non-guaranteed second year, so it's not a one-year deal, so that they don't have that no-trade it essentially becomes an expiring contract without the burden of the no trade, the de facto no trade clause that would have come with a one-year deal there. Smart by the magic. Just a smart move. And now you've got these two contracts in Bamba and, and Harris that could be really interesting at the trade deadline should the magic decide they want to make any kind of a move. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, the injury history has got to be scary. So, And he's got a long-term deal. Now, there are some outs in that, some protections in that that the Magic put in, again, understanding that he's got an injury history. But if you're the Lakers, I don't know. Like, if you're going to add in a first, you'd want to view Bamba and Gary Harris as long-term fits, as guys that you want to pay that their amount next year. And then you've got to believe that Jonathan Isaac is going to become healthy. And he hasn't played basketball in two years. So that's a dicey proposition. Like, if, if, you're, if you go to LeBron and say, hey, uh, I got you Mo Bamba and Gary Harris. Okay, those are fine players. Nothing wrong with that. And we got Jonathan Isaac. And he could be great. But he also hasn't played basketball in a couple of years. You cool with that, LeBron? A LeBron who needs to win right now? I don't I don't see it. Omir, will Bon and Co. think LeBron will leave? Thoughts? I think if the Lakers continue down this path and they don't make any moves, that by next summer we could be having that conversation. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's time for management to clean house and get better role players and support our big three. AD can't defend the paint by himself and we need shooters badly. It's, it is tough to watch this team have such clear deficiencies and not have the help that they need. Question is, what's the best way to get those? Is there a trade out there that provides you enough? And that's what the front office has been battling with. Again, I'm not the, the free agent class this next year. It's okay. It's all right. But if you miss out on a few of the key targets that you want, it gets fairly thin. So, I don't even know that waiting for free agency is the way to go. If there's a trade that makes sense, you've got to consider it in my mind, but you also have to make sure those pieces can fit long-term if you're going to do that. But I think it would go a long way to help appease LeBron, appease AD, appease the fans. If you can add in some guys that can fit this year and just make sure that those are also guys that can fit in the future or be flipped for assets in the future. Lake Show, AD is a power forward. His body language is telling you he doesn't want to play center. He is a small forward in a power forward's body. He's made it very clear. He wants to play power forward. He does not want to play center. He's also said he will play center if that's what the team needs, but he doesn't want to do it. I don't know that the body language is necessarily that. It might be, but again, like the Lakers went and got centers. I don't think the plan was necessarily to play AD at the five. I think the Lakers plan was to play him at the four and they got Damian Jones, and they got Thomas Bryant, and Thomas Bryant got hurt, and Damian Jones hasn't been good. And the Lakers went, up. Oh, well, sorry, AD. Now you got to be the five again. I don't think he's happy about that. Akum, why do we refuse to play AD at the four? Because they don't have a five. And that's, that's it, right? Like, Damian Jones has not been playable. So, if you run Wenyan Gabriel and AD at the same time, Wenyan's probably fouling out of the game if he's playing 20-plus minutes. And you need one unit on the floor whenever AD isn't, so you at least have some size. AD's playing the five because he has to, because they don't have anybody else. Digital Snowflake. Can we do a Spurs and, and Pacers trade? Need a new team? Those are teams that you could trade with, potentially. But the Lakers so far have been of the mindset that any of the deals they had over the summer weren't worth doing. So I don't know if that's changed. Doesn't sound like it, which would mean that a Spurs deal just isn't that interesting to them. And maybe it's not. If if the Lakers are thinking, hey, we could go get Bradley Beal. It's like they're being lured by this the shiny object of chasing another star rather than add the role players, rather than add the pieces that you really need around the team, whether that's McDermott, Josh Richardson, Hurdle, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, whatever. They're, just, they're very, very stuck. It feels like anyway. They're very stuck on this three-star mindset. Um, maybe that's not actually what's going on behind closed doors, but if we see them not doing deals because they're still chasing that third star, that's, um, that's a concern. Rye guys had told you spaces talking to Sean need AD to be 08 KG. He's not. Yeah. You kind of need that version of Anthony Davis and and we're not seeing that, but again, we haven't seen the best version of a lot of players. Like look at how many players on this Lakers roster 
have not lived up to expectations this season. It's not just like the team as a whole, but Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, Damian Jones, right? I mean, there's there's a number of players, Juan Toscano Anderson, who just have not played at the level that we were hoping they would. And that's had a cumulative effect. And look, LeBron is in that. AD is in that. There's a number of players who have not played to the level that the Lakers needed them to. J23, could they do any 10-day contracts and get a center? No, they don't have any open roster spots. So in order to do a 10-day contract, they would have to waive someone first. They would have to waive, say, Matt Ryan, who's on a non-guaranteed deal, but he's one of the few three-point shooters on the team. They'd have to waive Wenyan Gabriel. They'd have to waive Austin Reeves. Doesn't seem like they're going to do that. So that's what would have to happen. They can't just go sign someone on a 10-day contract right now. because They don't have a roster spot to do it. Lawrence, the only thing keeping me going is the hope of getting uh, Lonnie, Dennis, and Thomas Bryant back. Lonnie, as of right now, questionable for tonight's game against the Kings. Going to be pretty important that he plays, but he's been dealing with an illness, the illness that's been sweeping the whole team. Uh, we need to get uh, Miles Turner and Heald to help give us depth, praying for Braun. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, in theory, should help. We saw him for like nine minutes in preseason. He didn't look great but that's nine minutes. I'm not going to hold that against him. We know he's an NBA player. And frankly, there've been a lot of guys on the floor for the Lakers, even guys who are veterans who haven't looked like NBA players. So the hope is that Thomas Bryant and Dennis Schroeder can come back and look like NBA players. The same thing with Lonnie Walker. And then maybe you get a little more traction, but ultimately, yeah, you probably still need more depth. And maybe that's Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Robert Covington didn't even play tonight and he'd be starting for the Lakers. Yeah, we made the point that most of the Clippers roster all the way down to like the 11th man would be, if not a starter, at least a heavy rotation player for the Lakers. Whereas anybody on the Lakers not named Westbrook, LeBron, or AD probably isn't playing many minutes. Like Troy Brown would probably get some minutes, but that's about it. Maybe Lonnie. Austin Reeves can get into the mix, but a lot of the Lakers that are like playing big minutes wouldn't even be part of the Clippers rotation. I mean, and look, they they have a team with exceptional depth. And so that's that's part of this. But in general, yeah, you look at the Lakers roster and you think, man, most nights, if you were to stack up, if you were to do take all those players, put them in a pool of the two teams, Lakers are playing Team X. You take all the Lakers players, all the Team X's players, and you put them into a giant pool and you do like a schoolyard style draft. Like LeBron and AD and Ross, they're getting picked pretty early. But the other team's players are mostly getting picked significantly before the Lakers' other players are. That's what we're seeing on most nights, where the Lakers' other guys just, they're not on the same level as some of the, as uh, their opponents. John says nothing's going to change until Rob is fired. Well, Rob just got a four-year contract extension. I don't think that's, he's going to be let go anytime soon. Jared, there's so much negativity and losing around this team. Uh, it's making everyone play poorly. We need to blow it up just to clear the air. What's funny is over the summer, we were talking about how you needed to trade Russ in order to clear the air. And now Russ isn't a problem. And it's you need to get rid of everything, all of it, in order to clear the air. But yeah, there is a lot of neg negativity right now. That can change if you win a few games. Winning does cure everything, but that, that's really it, right? Unless you're going to make some big move, that's going to completely change the culture around the team. The only thing that's going to fix this is winning games right now. That's the only thing that the Lakers can do to, to improve this. It's win. 
That's it. Easier said than done, but you're not going to have the players be up and excited and happy if they're continuing to lose games on a nightly basis. Sheldon, one day we need to talk about how Magic was spot on with his assessment of Rob and the front office staff before he resigned. It's clear Rob and Jeannie have given up on LeBron and AD. and It's a damn shame. I mean, I don't want to exonerate you know, Magic for leaving the way that he did or anything. That was terrible. And I'm, and I'm a Magic guy. Magic is my first you know, connection to the games, my favorite player, all of that. But um, yeah, I mean, look, he, he said some things that in hindsight do seem fairly accurate. So that's, a, that's a, an interesting point. Kadeem, I think AD appears defeated and uninspired because he and LeBron know what's required from a roster to be a contender. I truly believe a trade uh, give him and LeBron a shot in the arm. Any relief at the five for him? Yeah, you do wonder, like, when we're seeing AD looking down in the dumps, when we're seeing LeBron not looking like himself, how much of that is the roster around him around them are not good enough and that if there's better players around them, then they will look better? And how much of it is their energy level will be, will be picked up? These guys won a championship. They know what good teams look like. They also know what bad teams look like. And I, you have to wonder, like, is their energy level being sapped by looking around and going, this isn't it. This isn't it. Joel said LeBron should have not signed his contract extension and forced the front office to make some deals. He may be thinking the same thing right now. He may be thinking the same thing. And that could be why this Haynes, that Haynes piece came out. That LeBron's kind of wanting to say, look, guys, we need to do something here. And I need to put on some pressure, apparently. KM, Pat Bev did not play last game. Mistake. Matt Ryan did not play in this game. Mistake. Darvin Ham needs a consistent rotation. Patrick Bradley was sick. That's why he didn't play in the, the previous game. It wasn't, that wasn't a coach's decision. Matt Ryan was a coach's decision for not playing. And you can argue, well, they should have had his shooting out there on the floor. Darvin Ham tried a little something different, mixed up his rotation, so it wasn't the same at the end of the third and beginning of the fourth. But um, the Pat Bev thing, I'm not Pat Bev was, was sick. He was not available to play. So that wasn't a Darvin Ham decision there. Uh, Jay signed Boogie Cousins, Mello, Josh Jackson, Ben McLemore. Where are you getting all those roster spots? That's four roster spots that you need. And the Lakers don't have the Lakers don't have one roster spot. So you're not going to be able to do that. NGM. Lakers need to reset and they need a GM with experience. I don't think Rob's going anywhere, but a reset if they, it might be necessary and it might be forced if they keep at this and they don't find a trade this season. Um, I, I think they're going to, there's going to be a very difficult conversation with LeBron and AD either at the trade deadline this year or next summer. If it keeps going this way, Fernando AD for Turner and healed plus three first-round picks, Beverly and none, uh, plus a first-round pick for Doug and Josh. Russ and a first. Well, I don't know where you're getting all these firsts from. We have a roster and some first back. Where are you getting the first coming in? Oh, AD is getting three first-round picks. Okay, I understand. So AD, you're getting Turner and Heal, plus the Pacers are giving you three firsts. The Pacers are in a rebuild. So I don't think the Pacers are at a point where they would want to sacrifice picks in order to get Anthony Davis, who's going to be 30, and he'll have aged out by the time they're ready to 
compete. So that I don't think look value wise, maybe, but I, I don't think, and that is probably even asking a bit much for AD in terms of value, but I don't see the Pacers biting on that. Uh, Beverly and none. Plus you're taking one of those first and getting Doug McDermott, Josh Rich- Richardson. Okay. Like that's in the ballpark. I think that's reasonable. And then Russ and a first for Kyrie. I don't know that the Lakers want Kyrie. So I would say that's not outside the realm of possibility, but the AD piece to Indiana, I think, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeston, we need our defense back. It keeps us in games. Yeah, and that's what Darvin Ham has been saying. But again, I have to wonder how much of this is the losing starting to really affect the players. And so they're not able to focus the way they need to on the defensive end of the floor for the entire game. We see them lock in through certain stretches and they look good again defensively, but they're not able to sustain that anymore like they were at the beginning of the season. All right, a few more. Isaac will be back in Orlando needs a point guard. Isaac, Ross, and Bamba for Russ. So another trade with Orlando involving Jonathan Isaac. Again, I I just I have a I have a hard time imagining LeBron being on board with a guy who hasn't played in two years and you don't know really know what he's got. But Terrence Ross is solid. Bamba is solid. I just don't know that you can sell Jonathan Isaac being the center point, uh, the centerpiece in a deal here. Ryan, I'm tired of AD getting his butt handed to him by every other big. Like if you, AD is winning a lot of these battles, he's not really getting his butt handed to him. AD was better than Ibiza Zubats in this game. But the point is that AD is not dominant. AD is not taking over games. He's not MVP caliber. And that's really what we expected out of AD. So if it's anywhere close in a matchup with Ibiza Zubats, it's, oh my gosh, what is wrong with Anthony Davis? And I think, yeah, look, The bar is set very high for AD because you know the level that we've seen him play at and the level that he hopefully can still play at. And so when he doesn't hit that, it's, oh, he's getting his butt handed to him. Like, he's still a very impactful player and a very good player. But the Lakers need MVP caliber AD. MHB, did you see the Bleacher Report article about AD for KD in a first? I think they were putting together just some hypothetical trades just for fun. That doesn't mean that that's a real trade that's out there. So that's most likely what that that was. I don't think that was being presented as a real trade. Again, I don't I don't think that makes sense for the Nets because I think if they're trading Kevin Durant, they're going to go full rebuild. That's my thought on the Nets. Maybe the Nets have another idea, but that's if I was them, that's what I'd be looking at. Mark, who is the best AD trade? Lillard, Durant, or Levine? Um, Durant is the best player of the bunch. If you're keeping LeBron, Durant would be the guy to go get. Uh, after that, if it's for the future, if you're going to trade LeBron, then it's Levine because he's the youngest. Lillard, I, I don't see like he's an interesting fit. He can shoot. Obviously, he's a great player. But if I had the option on the table of those other guys, I'd probably take them first. Unless if Durant is gone out of this mix. Then and LeBron is staying, then Lillard probably is the pick. But if you're doing a complete teardown and you're trading AD and LeBron, then yeah, it's it's Levine. Uh, super dope hip hop LBJ whistle 2018 finals game one last five minutes. Big underdog to 22 Lakers. Criminal based on field goal attempts in the paint. Oh, he's saying that LeBron needs more free throw attempts. Six free throw attempts per game as a Lakers should be eight to eleven. Yeah, look, so LeBron, 
talked about this in, in the post game, said that he needs to learn how to flop, that he needs to learn how to flail his head back in order to get whistles because he's not. And we saw it. There was a play in the Clippers game where LeBron attacked the basket, got fouled, no whistle. Clippers go down on a fast break the other way, score a bucket. It was, I mean, literally, it was like the referees just took a basket away from the Lakers and gave it to the Clippers by just completely ignoring an obvious foul. And LeBron said he's talked to the officials and they keep saying, well, sorry, we missed it. He said it's now four games in a row where he's heard we missed it and he's getting frustrated. He's getting sick of it. So he's saying, and I think he's half joking. He's saying he needs to learn how to flop. He needs to learn how to throw his head back. And it's gross. Players shouldn't do that. Players shouldn't have to do that stuff. I don't like seeing that as a basketball fan. I don't like seeing a guy get brushed when he's coming around a curl and flail his head back like somebody punched him, right? Just trying to get the whistle to blow. I don't like seeing that stuff. But if you're not getting the call, players are left feeling like that's the only way they can get the call, right? Now, again, that's a, you know, coming off of curls, a different situation, but LeBron attacking the basket, if it's Trey Young attacking the basket, and somebody even slightly brushes up against him, he's small. He goes flying. People bounce off of LeBron. And so that, it, look, Shaq had this same situation where people are jumping on Shaq, and he's so strong, his body doesn't react to it, right? They bounce off of him. And so he's getting fouled, but not getting the foul call because his, there's no physical reaction from him. And LeBron deals with the same thing where he gets hit, but he's big and he's strong. And so it's harder to spot, frankly, but the whole time, but he's feeling it. He feels himself get hit and it's right in front of the officials. And so he's getting frustrated. And again, rightfully so. He should be frustrated with the lack of calls that he's getting right now. So I wonder if that's going to change now that LeBron has kind of said his piece uh, in the media. I don't know that it will, but LeBron's kind of put the league on notice. Like, hey, I'm really frustrated with this. I've now heard four games in a row of we missed it. And I don't know what I have to do to get a whistle. Do I have to flop now? Do I have to do what some of these other guys do where you drive into the paint and just hurl yourself into a defender? Is that what I need to do now in order to get a whistle? I don't want to see that. I don't think anybody anybody wants to see that. I don't like that part of the game, the flopping part of the game. But LeBron is saying, look, how else do I get a whistle to blow at this point if I'm clearly getting fouled and no calls being made? We'll see if anything changes. Keon Park, time to talk. We all know the Nets don't want Kyrie. And if Kyrie gets traded, KD would want out again. Are we sure about that? If Kyrie gets traded, KD is gone too? I don't know if that's 100% for sure. Either AD, KD, or Russ, Kyrie, Seth trade without a pick. So AD for KD straight up. I don't think the Nets do that. Russ for Kyrie and Seth, no picks. I don't know if the Lakers would do any Kyrie trade right now. I don't, and that not, that's not just the Lakers. I don't know if any team would trade for Kyrie right now. Maybe in the future that changes, but I just don't see that happening now. Adam, can the Lakers? Oh, okay. So the, can the Lakers ask LeBron and AD to renegotiate their contract if they want to stay with the Lakers and open up more money for others? The NFL does that. Does the NBA with the Lakers? Good question. No, NBA contracts are not built that way. NBA contracts cannot be renegotiated. Now, if LeBron was going to become a free agent, if AD was going to become a free agent, in theory, they could sign for way less and give the Lakers more space. Neither one of them are becoming free agents. They both have 
contracts to go for a couple more years, then give them a player option. So, um, so no, there is no way to do that. It's not like the NFL. You can't renegotiate a contract. Once you have your contract, that's it. That's your contract. Uh, oh, this last one, Fernando, what is the cost to get the Pels to drop the pick swap? Massive. I, I, if I'm the Pelicans, I don't think there's much that the Lakers could realistically do. And I mean, even if the Lakers wanted to get crazy, maybe, but if you're the Pelicans right now, the Lakers have one of the worst records in the NBA and will deliver you maybe Victor Wembanyama, maybe a top five pick, maybe Scoot Henderson. Like the chance of that pick being Wembenyama carries a lot of value to it. And so if you're the Pelicans, like if the Lakers offered you a few, a 2027 first just to get rid of the pick swap, I don't know if I'm doing it. Even though you're picking up an extra first, you still have your own pick this year. Like a shot at Victor Wembenyama, while you can still win games this season, that's got a lot of value to it. I don't see anything. Anyway, the Pelicans would do that. All right. This was a super uplifting show. Super optimistic and, and happy and, and all of that. No, because that's just, that's not where we're at right now. But the Lakers do take on the Kings tonight. Hopefully they can get a win. That would be great to see. Hopefully the Lakers can get things going again in the right direction. But there's a lot of storylines to keep an eye on here with this Lakers team. A lot. And we'll see how everything progresses from here. But I want to thank everybody. Those of you who stuck it out, made it all the way through to the end here. Thank you guys. You're the real ones. I appreciate it. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. And of course, give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com